0: Welcome to another episode of Filter. I'm glad that you joined us. Uh, this is a podcast where we seek to equip you to live with biblical clarity and confidence in our chaotic world. And what we're doing in this episode is this is a part two. It's a follow-up to what I did in the last episode, which was asking and answering the question, uh, what are church elders? This is something that we're doing because uh, I think there's a lot of people out there and maybe even many of our listeners who. Uh, Maybe you've heard this term thrown around before, maybe you uh, are currently going to a church where there's elders, Uh, perhaps you even grew up at a church with elders, but you still never really heard a good answer or clarification on uh, what exactly is this and what do they do. So that's why we're doing this podcast and we're also doing this because uh, in the church that I pastor, Redeemer City Church in Lafayette, uh, we are going through the process of uh, voting on and installing our first elder board. And so uh, we're doing this part one and two series on what are church elders. So in part one, you can go back and uh, watch it on YouTube, catch up on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Uh, In part one, I talked about a definition for elders, explaining what it is, explaining that an elder is not uh, referring to a generation in the church, like the, the older people. Instead, what it's referring to is an actual office in the church, something that we read about in the New Testament. And so we went through, many of those passages uh, in the New Testament that explain what elders are. And elders are essentially shepherds to the church. We looked at the qualifications for elders according to 1 Timothy and Titus and uh, talked about what those mean, meant and so on. And so now we're jumping into part two today on what are church elders, looking at what are the roles and the relationship to the congregation in this episode. So getting into some more specifics here in this episode, uh, but some good stuff. And so just starting off a little bit of a recap from part one. First of all, in part one, we learned once again, elders are an office of the church. These are men in the church who are responsible for shepherding the congregation. Now, what exactly does shepherding the congregation mean? We're going to be talking about that in this episode uh, once we get to the roles of elders. So we looked at how the New Testament refers to uh, the, this group of people called elders, pastors, and overseers, and it uses these terms interchangeably. And it almost always refers to a group or a plurality of elders. Now, the only time that this is different in the new Testament is whenever you have, uh, in in one passage, uh, Paul explains how anytime there's an accusation brought against an elder, it must be done according to two or three witnesses. Um, and so on. So except for, you know, something like that, it always refers to a group, a plurality. So um, according to what I read in the New Testament, what my church believes, and so why we're doing this, is that uh, churches are not meant to be led by a single elder. And then third, we can read about the character qualifications for elders in uh, 1 Timothy chapters 2 and 3 and also in Titus 1, and uh, these lists are not exhaustive. And so what I mean by that is that whenever you read these lists, we talk about this in episode 1, whenever you read these lists, you don't uh, necessarily read every single qualification that you would like to see in an elder. For example, um, it doesn't speak a lot towards leadership skills, but as we're going to see here in a moment, uh, we do want our elders, though they're not primarily CEOs or administrators. It is a good thing for an elder to be someone who has some leadership skills, has proven themselves in somewhat of a leadership capacity. Um, In those lists, it doesn't talk about prayer, but elders are supposed to be people who are praying for the church. And so those lists are not considered exhaustive. They're considered a starting place for what we should be looking for in elders. So here we are in part two. And what we're going to look about, what we're going to learn about, Is what specifically elders do. What are the roles of elders? What do they do? And then how do they relate to the congregation? So, towards the end, we'll be talking about how elders relate to the congregation. And if you're a a member of a church, uh, how you, as a part of the congregation, relate to the elders. So, let's go ahead and move on and start talking about elder roles. So, uh, the duties of an elder can be really broad. Uh, especially if you are in a smaller church with a small uh, group of elders, small team, uh, they might be wearing a lot of different hats. They're not doing individualized, specialized roles. And so the duties of an elder or of an elder board can be really broad. And so what I'm going to do is just give you the five primary roles of elders. And so let's start off right off with number one. First of all, elders are responsible to lead the church. I said this a moment ago. Uh, Even though elders are not primarily uh, CEO types or or, or administrators or um, an elder is not the church world equivalent of a business leader or of a uh, of a politician, whatever else you might want to think, though that's not the case, uh, they are responsible for leading the church. This is a part of shepherding. Right? A shepherd guides the sheep to, uh, to pastures where they can eat and water to where they can drink and uh, away from uh, predators and, and, and so on. And so a part of shepherding is guiding the sheep, leading the sheep. Uh, just think of a few examples of, uh, from Scripture that imply for us the leadership responsibilities of elders. Uh, here's one of the first ones in 1 Timothy verses uh, chapter 3, verse 5. One of Paul's qualifications for who can be an elder is that that elder can manage his household well. This is one of the things he says. Now, why? Why does that matter? Well, he explains. Like I said, in 1 Timothy 3 verse 5, he says, if anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? So once again, there is an, uh, an assumption by Paul that an elder is not just going to be a counselor for individual members in the church, but that he is going to be a leader and that this leadership should at the very least be reflected in his household. Uh, Also consider how it says in both lists, in 1 Timothy and in Titus, that that elders should be above reproach and that they should be someone who uh, sets an example for the church, well, setting an example is a part of an, an implication of leadership. Consider another one. Paul also wrote this in First Timothy chapter five verse seventeen. He said, "The elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching." There you have it explicitly. Uh, elders are leading. In Hebrews chapter thirteen verse seventeen, it says. Obey your leaders in the context, we know this is referring to elders, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so they can do this with joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you. So elders are overseers. Once again, elder, pastor, overseer, these are interchangeable terms in the New Testament. Elders are overseers who are responsible for leading the church and they lead in a variety of ways. Uh, They lead through guiding and protecting the doctrine of the church, the vision of the church. They are involved in administration and in uh, giving some priorities and some vision and leadership to uh, administration and finance teams, working with the budget, presenting the budget to the congregation, uh, and so on. They will help to guide and to filter through uh, opportunities that the church has for missions and ministries, uh, and so on. And so elders are responsible to lead the church. Number two, elders are responsible to shepherd the church. And so I know that I've already uh, used this shepherding term a couple of different ways now. Um, But consider this one. Elders are responsible to shepherd the church. What this means is that uh, elders are shepherds over a flock that does not ultimately belong to them, but has been given to them by God to care for. You can see this whenever Paul is giving his farewell address to the elders of the church in Ephesus in Acts chapter 20. It says that they're on the shore. He's about to go onto his boat. He's giving this, them this farewell address, and he tells them to uh, keep watch, number one, over themselves so that they don't fall away into sin or, or bad doctrine or so on. He says, keep watch over yourselves and over the flock which God has given you to take care of that which he purchased with his own blood. Now, who did the purchasing? Jesus did with his own blood. Uh, so if he did the purchasing, then he does the owning, right? So, so Christians and the local congregations and members of churches um, are the flock of God. They are God's sheep. They, are, they belong to him. But pastors, elders, overseers are, uh, are given current uh, management uh, on behalf of God. They take care of the sheep. Um, and this is something that God has given to them, it is a part of the call and the charge of elders to care for the flocks that belong to God and that God has given to them to take care of. And so what this means is that uh, being shepherds over the flock, it means that shepherds are not cowboys. Big difference there. Shepherds are not cowboys. Uh, They do not merely drive the sheep. Uh, Instead, just like a good shepherd, they care for, they protect, they nurture the sheep and so this speaks to the um to the character and the type of leadership that elders should have in their church and as they shepherd the church once again elders and pastors are not primarily motivators administrators or even program facilitators instead they are shepherds if there's any really any one term that we can use to wrap up what are all the responsibilities of an elder in a church it is that he is a shepherd. And all these other ways I'm talking about are just different ways of being a shepherd through leading, through caring, protecting, nurturing, as we just talked about now. And also in the third point, third, elders are responsible to teach the church. Elders are responsible to teach the church. If you were with us in part one of this little podcast series, then you remember that this was one of the, uh, The only distinctions between the character qualifications for an elder and for a deacon or really just for the kind of character that we should all have. Whenever you read 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus 1, and it talks about the type of character that we should uh, want to see, uh, that we should see in our elders. It's a type of character that really should apply to every believer. There was nothing extremely extraordinary. Uh, Like I said before, it didn't speak at all to to leadership skills or or, or many different things which we might want to see in our elders. Instead, it was something that applies to all believers. But there was this one essential distinction in both lists from all other believers, and that is that elders must be able to teach. Elders must be able to teach, Paul says, and those two lists and other places, because they are responsible for guarding doctrine, guarding teaching in their church, for passing down doctrine to, uh, and, and teaching to the people in their church, and also for correcting those who are going astray. So they need to be able to teach. And this duty of an elder to teach can be performed in a variety of ways. Because when we think of teaching, or we, we often go to preaching. So we might assume, okay, so... Church elders are supposed to be doing or sharing all the Sunday preaching now and worship services. No, that's not the case. Many elders will also be able to preach, but elders do not necessarily have to be Sunday morning preachers in order to be elders and to fulfill this uh, responsibility. Um, Because this duty can be fulfilled in a variety of ways that an elder teaches the church. Because an elder can teach the church not just through preaching a sermon, but through teaching classes through teaching children in the children's ministry, through doing discipleship in small groups and in one-on-one discipleship. An elder teaches through the way that uh, he leads prayer in the congregation, through the way that he gives announcements and, and updates and leads worship and so on. So there are a variety of ways that an elder fulfills the role of teaching, not just Sunday morning preaching. Fourth, elders are responsible to pray for the church elders are responsible to pray for the church this is one of the primary roles of being an elder not just the the leading or the the teaching and preaching but also praying whenever we see the very first uh mention or distinction of this office in the church uh we see it in acts chapter six in acts chapter six there's this uh scenario going on in the church in jerusalem where there's a division between uh, some of the, the believers, without getting too much into the weeds of it. There's a distinction, there's this controversy going on. And so in order to deal with it, the leaders of the church set up the deacons who would uh, who would be servants in the church, who would take care of the needs, make sure everybody's needs were met. And they set up the deacons to do this ministry of the church and, and caring and serving, because they said that, We need to keep our time because the ministry is growing. They said, we need to continue protecting our time for focusing on the ministry of the word and prayer. And so both deacons and elders are servants and ministers in the church, but just uh, two different types of ministries. Uh, Deacons, servants of uh, tables and of helping, uh, providing for the members of the church and the elders, it says servants of the word and prayer. So praying for the church is one of the primary roles of elders. Your elders um, are always praying for you. They are praying for the members of the church um, and uh, offering general prayers to God on behalf of the church. So fifth, elders are responsible to equip the church. They're responsible for equipping. Now, here's what I mean by that. I mean more than just teaching a Bible study and or, or preaching a Sunday morning sermon whatever else it might be what I'm talking about is the kind of equipping that prepares you as a member of a church participant in a congregation that prepares you to do the ministry and to carry on the ministry yourself so in other words so that you are not just a passive recipient passive recipient of the ministry and of the services of the church but that you are an active participant that you are involved that you are a servant in the church as well um, so that for maybe even some that you become a leader of the church yourself consider what we see in scripture in second timothy 2 verse 2 paul said what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses he's writing to mm-hmm. timothy and elder commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also and so something really sad happens in church a lot you see this all the time What you see happening is that you have a pastor who has been uh, faithfully leading a congregation for years, maybe even for decades. He's loved the people well. He has served them well. He's been there for them. He has taught the word well. They know their Bibles. But then the time comes whenever uh, he retires or leaves, he moves on. And once he leaves, then things slowly start to devolve, fall apart a little bit. Um, as there's now a vacuum of leadership. What happens, w- w- what that shows, is how uh, despite all the great and wonderful things that pastor was doing, um, he was failing in this role to be raising up faithful men who would be able to uh, take up the man of leadership beyond him. In other words, what he was doing, he was failing to lead the church to be a church that would be able to thrive and survive even beyond him being there. It's a neglect of 2 Timothy two two. Paul tells Timothy, commit the teaching, prepare, equip faithful men who will be able to carry on the ministry of the church. An elder's teaching, in other words, should not just protect the health of the church in the present, but it should also be for the growth of the church in the future, even beyond one pastor or one uh, board of elders. So what this means is that they must also be purposefully equipping next generation of leaders. So this means raising up other preachers and teachers. It means raising up uh, pastors. The elders should be raising up future elders to replace themselves. It means raising up future church planters who will go on and uh, continue the mission to spread the gospel. So it means raising up and replacing themselves in all these offices of the church, but it also means uh, equipping just the regular everyday members of the church to do the work of the ministry you see this in ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12 whenever paul writes and he says there are a variety of gifts in the church there are those who uh and and god has given the church uh people with all these variety of gifts and you've got preachers and teachers and apostles and all these he goes to this list and he says and they're there for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and so this is one of the primary roles of elders to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, uh, whether that be um, in just one of the normal, everyday, regular roles that you can find yourself serving in in church, or whether it be um, a, a higher office of leadership in uh, as a preacher, teacher, maybe becoming a pastor, elder, or church planner yourself one day. Consider this quote as a summary of the roles of elders from Benjamin Merkel. He said the office of elder is an important office because of the role the elders perform. Their primary task is not merely to run the church, but to care for the spiritual lives of the congregation. As leaders, shepherds, teachers, and equippers, elders have the immense responsibility and privilege of helping God's people become more holy and Christ like. So, with that being a a quick rundown and summary of the primary roles of elders. How do elders relate to the congregation and vice versa? First of all, this needs to be said that it is the congregation which should be the final court of appeal in most matters of the church. What this means is is that uh, congregations are responsible, should be responsible for approving or affirming and installing the elders. So, for example, in the way that it works in my church and many other churches is that the elders are responsible for uh, identifying, vetting, training, and then nominating potential future elders to take their place. But ultimately, then it is up to the congregation to affirm uh, that calling on these new uh, elder candidates' life, right? And so they approve them and install them. Uh, Ultimately, it is the congregation which should be responsible for adding members, welcoming new members into the church, Uh, also for Removing members who are in uh, blatant, unrepentant sin, uh, as well as some other major decisions. And so, the way that this works out in this balance between congregationalism—you know, congregations being the final court of appeal, the the largest body of authority in the church—and the elders, the way this kind of looks like and way it works out is that um, that the elders will lead the congregation, and will have more authority than your individual church member however this mean this doesn't mean that they will then rule over the members with absolute authority and so what you have once again is um the elders will hold more authority than just the individual church member but the membership or the congregation as a whole will not be uh ruled over you know as as subjects Uh, by a totalitarian or authoritative, authoritarian uh, elder board. Instead, the elders will humbly and gently lead and serve the congregation. And the congregation and the individual church members, likewise, in the best of scenarios, will joyfully uh, submit to their leadership and follow them as their leaders. And so what should this this relationship look like? Mark Dever, who I've referred to before, gives several really good points. First, this as far as what this should look like, church members should trust and obey their leaders. Church members should trust and obey their leaders. What this means is is that whenever you are a member of a church, that you should not acknowledge your leaders, but then not actually follow them. That it, it means that you should not uh, vote in affirmation of a man to be an elder, a new pastor in the church that you lead, but then you know subvert his leadership through uh through gossip or through division or simply through refusing to uh, obey and and follow instead it means that you should work to trust your elders uh the leaders of your church Um, and in cases where you disagree it's okay to disagree but bring that disagreement directly to them rather than uh holding it in secret building up resentment subverting their leadership or especially through gossip division and so on remember what it says in hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 the the author of hebrews said to the people to uh to follow and submit to their leaders um make it uh a joy for them to lead you and not a burden and he reminds them to do this because he says whenever you do this it'll work out better for both of you okay so number two uh, there should be clear recognition. Clear recognition. And here's what I mean by this there should be a clear rec- rec- not recognition. Ugh, I'm sorry. There should be a clear recognition. The congregation should recognize their elders as gifts from God. Gifts from God for their good, and they should follow their teaching. Likewise, there should be a mutual recognition from the elders. The elders recognize the God given authority of the congregation. As I said before, they do not lord their authority over the congregation. They do not um, try to act as authoritarian.s Instead, they humbly serve the congregation that they are leading. So there be there should be a clear recognition going both ways of um, of leadership and submission and so on. Third, there should this relationship between elders and their congregation. There should be a heartfelt trust. Consider. Uh, 1 Timothy 5 5 and verse 17, Paul said, the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, he says. And so if someone is worthy of double honor, then that means that uh, by implication that they should also be worthy of trust. All right. So once again, um, for those elders who are working hard, who are Sacrificing, who are investing to lead, to teach, and to serve you well. Um, in return, give them uh, that trust. Give them. Open yourself up to them relationally, and give them that double honor, as Paul said in First Timothy five. Also, in First Thessalonians five verse thirteen, Paul said that the church should regard them. Speaking of their leaders, their elders, he says, regard them very highly in love because of their work. The elders do not become elders because they need something else on their plate. I can tell you that uh, the elders who are leading your church did not do it because they needed to add something to their schedule. They are doing it because they love the church and because they love you. And so, in the best case of scenarios, let us see that love going both ways, both directions. Um, Number four. There should be uh, evident godliness. There should be evident godliness from the elders to the congregation. The elders should show a willingness to place their life on display, um, to set their life on display as an example for the church. Number five, there should be sincere carefulness. Here's what Deborah means by this. Uh, A quote from him. He said, The elders' use of authority should demonstrate their understanding that the church does not belong to them, but to Christ. Christ has purchased the church with his own blood. Therefore, the elders should cherish the church, treat it carefully and gently, and lead it faithfully and purely for the glory of God. The elders will give an account to Christ for their stewardship. So, recognizing that the church ultimately does not belong to them, that it is not their flock, that they are shepherding, but that it is... God's bought with Christ's blood, they should show an um, appropriate carefulness uh, and respect as they steward what has been given to them by God to uh, care for. And then lastly, number six, how should this relationship between elders and congregation uh, be characterized? It should be characterized by beneficial results. Whenever the elders humbly lead and serve the church, it blesses the church. It, it, ben, it has beneficial good results for the church. And likewise, whenever the church uh, submits to and uh, and it's, it is joyful to follow the leaders that they have, then it results in having better leaders. And so this is it's like a positive feedback loop that can be created here whenever there is a healthy relationship between elders and church members that results in many, many beneficial results. So uh, bibliography, a couple of uh, resources there. Uh, if you're watching this, then you can get these resources. Um, you you can see the resources on the screen. If you're not watching this, then make sure you check out the show notes for, uh, this presentation. I'll make sure that a PDF version of this presentation is in the show notes for you to download, uh, as well as a PDF from part one. So thank you for joining us for this episode. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that it answered some questions, provided some clarity for you on the question of what are church elders? Uh, If you enjoyed this episode, would you be sure to uh, subscribe, especially would you really help us out by leaving us a rating and review of this episode so that more people can learn about filter uh, and can receive the message of confidence and clarity uh, in our chaotic world. And so thank you once again. I hope that you'll join us uh, next time. And until then, uh, we'll see you soon.